Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and my colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Well, have you ever heard of Build-A-Bear? Absolutely. My daughter, Meredith, who serves as our futurist here at Outline Venture Group, worked for Build-A-Bear in the first year they were launched. She was about 16 at the time. She did everything from stocking parts to helping customers create and name their bears and connect with them. The process taught her a lot about motivators and users, buyers, and the retail process. Well, I got to thinking about what it would take to build the perfect founder. Can we make a store? Hey, hey, we have laws against that in this country about retailing people. Oh, all right. (laughs) I I know it gets crossed now and again. No, seriously, uh, what I'd like to talk about today is how to build the perfect founder, um, what goes into a perfect founder, and how to either get, identify, or be one. Good deal, because we have a lot of investors now listening to our show as well, so they're looking for good founders, and certainly we have a lot of founders and CEOs. Okay. Indeed. And you talk a lot about assets and attributes of successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised to hear that there are hundreds of takes on desirable and effective leadership traits all over the media, and that's only this year? Actually, yes. Hundreds? Really? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, a little hyperbole, but I've called a few from uh, 
some of our favorite sources that we go to a lot, First Grand Review, Fast Company, and Techstars. Yeah, good guys. So we have a link to the Fast Company page. Uh, we're going to put that in our Facebook page. Yes, right? we are. Okay, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. So CEO Coach Podcast. No underscores, lines, or anything. Facebook.com. So uh, go check it out. Pick up the link and check out the articles we're going to discuss. And certainly, you know, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear on the show. We'll try to get the folks on here that you'd like to hear from and about. Okay, so hundreds of ideas. Really? Okay, hundreds of ideas. It sounds like one would be able to find some patterns, at least, you know, in all these articles. And get a better sense of what, you know, is most likely to help you succeed if you're the CEO. Or how to identify the most effective traits in the teams you're investing in if you're an angel. Or maybe even how to best select your successor if you're a family-owned business and you're thinking about those issues of legacy, in other words, who will you groom to succeed you when you're ready to retire? So these are issues that actually will face founders in the long run as well. Let's review what assets and attributes are, shall we? I mean, we do this a lot, I know, but for those who haven't listened to all the other shows, right? An asset is something you have or can acquire. So skills, knowledge, degrees, uh, connections to mentor of small or great value, uh, material goods or wealth, access to investment, all of these are assets. They can be acquired and they can be lost. An attribute is a piece of the nature of a person, uh, whether you're introverted or extroverted, humble or a braggart, high or low risk tolerance, a good listener, a patient manager, a thorough researcher, a visual or auditory learner, a charismatic leader, director, all of these things and many others are attributes of a person. Collectively, the attributes tell you kind of the metal of the person that you are or that you're dealing with. So now that we have a handle on our terminology, okay. let's take a look at what the experts are saying about this subject. Mm-hmm. According to Molly Graham, whom we've spoken about before. Right. Uh, first round review, right? Right. From okay. first round review. 80% of your culture will be defined by your core leaders. Now that makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, core leaders, in other words, founders, culture comes from the top down. Yep. Okay. And culture is Peter Drucker has often said, trumps everything. Indeed. Each okay. strategy for breakfast. <laughs> right. Point seated. Yes. All right. Next. Okay. So the leadership qualities of your founders and CEOs have everything to do with your success or failure. These assets and attributes are the foundation on which you will build your company. Okay. So I see that again and again in investors as well. They say you invest in teams you almost don't worry about anything else. If the team cannot take you to the finish line, regardless of what other attributes there are about the idea, you don't have a team that can take you to the finish line, so don't bother. So I would agree, it is critical in order for you to get investment because investors are increasingly more savvy. You're not going to find foolhardy people quite as easily as you might have in, say, 97 or 98. Oh, the glory days. The glory days, exactly. <laughs> when any foolish idea could be funded, right? But some brilliant ideas were also funded. So, all right. So for the benefit of investors, mm-hmm. advisors, brilliant contributors considering where they want to work next, and for the edification of the CEOs themselves, let's build our perfect bearer founder. 
Got it. All right. We're going to build bears. Founders. Founder bears. Okay. Founder bears. I don't know. There's a company in there somewhere. All right. And kind of like bobbleheads. Nah, no, no. <laughs> Bobblehead right. bears, founder bears, bobblehead founder. I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. All uh, right. So, what are the basics? What's the first shot? The basics are what you would call attributes. Okay. They are character characteristics. I know that sounds terrible, but they are elements of character, and they matter. Integrity, responsibility, forgiveness, and compassion. Now, I know this begins to sound a little like a sermonette, but these things well, matter. Okay, so it bears repeating. Integrity. That's about the authenticity of who you are, what you do, when you say it, you mean it, that sort of thing. Integrity. The second is responsibility. I would totally agree. It isn't about the brilliant idea. It's about showing up. Because those brilliant ideas, I say so often, they're, they're born a, you know, a dozen a day. They graduate a dime every day at, at, out of colleges and universities if you don't show up. That's the killer piece. So responsibility. The second one is around forgiveness. That's intriguing. So forgiveness of imperfection, I should think, is the big thing. First, yourself, and second, others. And I find a lot of founders who cannot forgive themselves for mistakes, and they're constantly, oh, I was so stupid. It is a total waste of time to sit and second-guess yourself, get on with a solution. Isn't forgiveness an important component of resilience? The ability to deal and move on. Correct. To deal is not to forget. So you forgive, you don't forget, you learn. So, you know, please don't forget what the error was that you can make it better later. And, of course, that's what this show is about, right? All the mistakes we ever made so you don't have to make them, right? Okay. And that's why we're going to have a lot more episodes. (laughs) There you go. So we're not uh, done yet. And the last one is compassion. I would say perhaps more empathy, but I get where they're coming from. Empathy has to do with being able to walk in another person's shoes. I think that would be a critical element of a founder. If you can't do that, you really can't walk how to say, you cannot work well with the first people who come in, your key employees at the first or at the later stages, as well as the entire employee base, never mind your customers. If you can't figure out what's in their heads, you're going to have a hard time marketing anything to them. Okay. So uh, Fast Company's Lydia Dishman highlighted these basic character traits, and we all know when we see CEOs lacking in any one of these critical humanist areas, Mm -hmm. Confidence in the company and inside the company dives, investors flee, and employee performance plunges. (laughs) No surprises there. Yeah. But I'm not making this up. All right. This is not just psychology talk. There are hard numbers behind this now. We love our numbers. (laughs) Yes. It is. This was done by a leadership consulting firm called KRW's International. Okay. They asked... 8,500 employees at 84 U.S. companies to rate their CEO's character and then compared the ratings to company performance. Mm-hmm. And here's what they found. CEOs whose characters were highly rated by employees had an average return on assets of 9.35% over a two-year period. Well, it's almost 10% almost. over two years, which is pretty damn good, especially in today's environment here in the States. Furthermore, it was almost five times as much as the companies which had CEOs with low scores where the return on assets averaged just 1.93%, less than 2%. So less than 2% return on average, you can get that stuff in a bank. 
I mean, yeah, really, even a tea bill. <laughs> exactly. Well, barely. But seriously, that's the kind of thing you can invest in. Is I mean, the risk tolerance just doesn't, the you know, risk reward factor just doesn't play out. So I think that's huge. Again, nine point three five percent versus one point nine three percent. We're going to examine more of this deeply, but first, we're going to let our sponsors take a few minutes and speak about their customers. Speak to the folks who are listening in. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music. We're from Outlines Venture Group, and we're having some fun today creating our perfect founder bear. Indeed. So we start with integrity, responsibility, forgiveness, and compassion or empathy. A very good base. What else do we need? Well, psychologist Benjamin Hardy wrote in Fast Company about four habits of mind that set apart successful entrepreneurs. And they're not what you think. At least they weren't what I was thinking when I first came across this. The first is an internal locus of control. In other words, they give more weight to factors they can control than ones that they can't that are outside I would say that's absolutely a critical piece. Um, I know a lot of folks who are very concerned about what happens if the economy does this, if the market does that, then the end does the other thing, and so on and so forth. Uh, many times I hear investors talk about that, and I think you don't have the risk tolerance to invest in early-stage companies. You shouldn't be here. Right? And 
you know, bless them and move on. But I'm not surprised to hear a no from them, regardless of what company I would be pitching at that time. And that makes sense. I would say, yes, you must wait more You must provide more weight, if you will, to those factors you can control, because in truth, that's the only thing you can do anything about. Precisely. You must respond appropriately to the market. You must predict reasonably well what the market's about to do. But what was it, uh, the old song... um, plan for the, what was it, uh, work for the best and expect the worst. You yeah. might be Tolstoy or Patty Hearst, and I never knew which one was the good one. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, <laughs> the point is that you must work with what you can control today, and that would be that internal locus of control. And by the way, we're going to put a link on this. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, back to that Facebook page. Remember, yeah. facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. You'll find the links to this Fast Company article as well. And we'll have several others during the show. And where this really rolls up, I think, to the leadership is that they give weight to the factors in their decision-making process. Yes. And that means more decisions are made out of wisdom than fear. Correct. And we know, we've talked in many episodes about what fear can do to your decision-making process. So an internal locus of control, you focus on what you can control. Correct. Probably actually not a bad way to live. In other words, right. Do what you can do and then stop fussing about what you cannot. All right. What's number two? Number two is is related in a way, at least in my mind. Um, It's a high tolerance for ambiguity and comfort with uncertainty. Yes. There's a a direct correlation, right? Again, those things you cannot control, that's the ambiguous stuff and uncertain stuff. Just get on with it. Yep. And understand that you may have to live with uncertainty for quite a long time. And this also is like life. And the people who look for certainty are the ones that are going to have a great deal more difficulty. And face it, it's an uncertain, ambiguous world. We just, that's in business and everywhere else. So the people who will succeed are the ones who have a high tolerance for it. Correct. Right, because you can't put a whole lot of if you will, safety nets underneath you when you leap and start a company. On the flip side, you can do things that will say, the limit of my liability will be the loss of the company. So we've talked about that in other um, shows, and we will talk about it again, I'm sure, about putting those limits on yourself, uh, dealing with that with your spouses, and so on, understanding whose risk tolerance is where. What's number three? Number three is, when all else fails, what do you do with that anxiety? Well, let's look at actors and athletes who all know that the butterflies in the stomach are critical to performance Mm -hmm. because they create the energy. So there is this ability to use anxiety as fuel to pump up the energy and go. Yes, and project I, I and would lead. say you're right. Yeah, remember the first time you got on the stage and really gave a speech about the industry. I mean, something that you were just talking to a few folks in your office or something. But you got up on an industry stage and you spoke for the industry, right? There must have been something that was kind of like, okay, let's get this right, you know, <laughs> and get up on there, and that impetus carries you through that deal. If you don't have the ability to use anxiety for fuel then you use anxiety or it uses you and it stymies you. That's the people who would get up on a stage and choke and falter and could not meet the requirements of the stage itself. doesn't mean everybody who's a founder is a great speaker. That's okay too. But it means however they have anxiety and whatever their task, they're using it as fuel as opposed to a stopgap, something exactly. that will you know, stop the block. <laughs> okay, interesting. I would agree with that one. What's number four? Number four is a tendency to focus on cause, not effect, to build confidence. 
Okay, In explain. Another, I'm going to explain. I thought you'd ask. Yes, because I don't get okay. that one. <laughs> Suppose you succeed in doing something and something good comes to you. Okay. So you make a good decision and it results in, oh, I don't know, a chunk of money landing in your, in okay. your bank account. Okay. Don't focus on the money. Focus on what you did to make that, the cause. How did that happen? Let's look at the cause of okay. something. Not, and, not, and that makes us confident. Mm-hmm. Not to say, oh, I'm confident because I, this event happened or this result happened. That's not the confidence. Right. It comes from within. Does this sound like our moms talking? <laughs> you and I talk about this a lot. We talk about following the money backwards and what went right. It isn't just about saying, gee, something went wrong, what happened? It's about following it when something went well and saying, what did we just do right? Let's repeat it. So replicating what went right, that makes sense now. You focus on the cause. In other words, what did you do to affect the boon you have received? Can you replicate it? And And generally, if you focus on the cause and it's within you, then you can. And that's where the confidence comes from. Absolutely. So that would uh, expand to one's company as well. All right. So... Let's talk about authenticity, because you mentioned Mm -hmm. that earlier in this broadcast about being authentic. Mm -hmm. And it turns out authenticity is really important, too. I think that's a phrase we're hearing more and more now just in the world and in business Mm -hmm. about being authentic and behaving in an authentic manner. So Carissa Thacker wrote in Fast Company that the four fundamental habits of authentic leadership are worth considering. Well, this is really important. Everybody ought to really think about listening carefully to this one because everybody asks, what the heck do you mean by authenticity? And this is a really good set of definitions. So what's number one? If you're going to be authentic, what does that mean? Admit what you don't know. So there, absolutely. Don't be acid. Have the gut, the strength, and the leadership skills to say, I don't know. I'll find you an answer. Yep. Brilliant. Absolutely. And even more so, admit to yourself what you don't know and then go find your complementary co-founders. Because we know, again, about the numbers around co-founders versus individuals and on and on. So we'll get to more of that again later. All right. So admit what we don't know. What's next? Being aware of all of yourselves. And we all have different selves. And the way that these are evidenced most often is how we react to triggers in our interpersonal environment. Now, this requires a lot of self-knowledge. And I'd have to conclude that authenticity comes out of a lot of Mm self-knowledge. In other words, you have to know who you are before you can be authentic about it. So understanding how you react with your triggers makes your interpersonal interactions as you lead your team you're much more effective and also because you're aware, oh, I'm reacting to this because it's a trigger that made me perhaps feel upset and it really doesn't have anything to do with this. It was just the trigger embedded in it. And if you know that, then you can work with that at that moment. Right. And And sometimes the triggers are the other way. I get so excited whenever I hear one of... No, if you are, if you will, you know, Flutterby or whatever, you, you know, every shiny object is so exciting and think, okay, tamp down your excitement because not every shiny object is going to get you where you're going. It could be that you become scattered. So we should look at them both positives and negatives. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Number three. Number three is hold strong values and live them. And this goes directly mm-hmm. back to the integrity thing. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you looked at someone and you said that he 
lives out his values with integrity, you are also going to say that person is an authentic person. Okay, that makes good sense. And I think that years ago, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, there were, I know a lot of, uh, it was Dwyer who uh, wrote about these things as well. I mean, all of these folks talked about the same sorts of things about, you know, life is going to happen, stuff is going to happen. The only thing about which you have control is how you respond to it. And so you are in control of your own happiness, your own responses, your own, you know, whatever, emotions around everything. So that would make sense as well as we look at values when you respond from within as opposed to being buffeted by the experiences of life outside you, then you have a much better grip on things. That would be an authentic existence. Yes. And sticking to the values that you have, Mm -hmm. I like to refer to the integrity meter, you know, when it starts slipping over to the side because mm-hmm. you're maybe subsuming an important value to, for some reason to get mm-hmm. something done or to right. get along and your integrity It nails you wobbles. every time, every single time. Some of that is also about uh, understanding and trusting your gut, right? And your gut will tell you whether this is the right move. Sometimes it's about values and sometimes it's just about acknowledging that the other person's values don't match yours. And I talk a lot about having been deep underwater at Moz and having taken on a project with a uh, client that just didn't feel right in the gut, and I should have known better, and it was all about the values that we did not share, and it was disastrous at a time when I could ill afford it and practically put us under the bus. So yes, live with strong values, identify which ones are yours, and say, that's the ones that are important to me. It doesn't have to be everybody else's values. All right, number four. Well, actually, listen carefully to uh, those you disagree with. Mm. So that takes some strength of character, because most people don't want to hear what they don't agree with, if no, you will. They right. want to, they wanna, mm-hmm. you know, hear, they want to preach to the choir and hear the choir regurgitate what they, what exactly. they preached. Damesh Shah of HuffSpot, um, a man who has great integrity and a good colleague and friend, he just tweeted not too long ago, just a few days ago, about, what was it, I always listen deeply to those who reaffirm my ideas or thoughts, whatever. It was something similar to that, and I thought, you know, that's, that's a really good tweet. It reminds all of us, yeah, listen more carefully to those who disagree with us. If you don't, then you can't see the whole of any issue. You only see one side, and often we don't want to look at the downsides or the risk factors or whatever it is about what we're going to do, and sometimes we don't want to look at the value of opportunities because we're comfortable where we are. Especially if you're making money. When you finally start making money, if you're a founder, you know how hard it was to get there. It's really hard to look at things when somebody says, okay, let's go put it all at risk again and go do something else. It's like, are you kidding me? But Um, it's essential. Yes, it is, especially for scalability and, if you will, global dominance in any kind of a major company. So we need to take another break for our wonderful sponsors, and we'll be right back on CEO Coach. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been talking about what makes successful founders. One last thought before we go into a, a wrap-up of some little tips from a successful founder is make sure that you have both a wizard and an executor in your founder team, in your leadership team. It doesn't have to both be founders. We talk about this all the time, and it's not a new idea. Whichever one our perfect founder is, let's provide the other so she or he can function at full power. Okay, absolutely. We talk about that all the time. I think you talk about, essentially, we need two bears, <laughs> right? Okay, we need a founder bear and we need an executor bear. And even five years ago, the need for a dynamic duo at the top was recognized by a study done by Compass, which provides automated management report. The completing an in-depth analysis of, get this, 650 startups, so a good sum, they found that balanced teams with one technical founder and one business founder raised 30% more money. They have... 2.9% more user growth, and they're less likely to scale prematurely, the most common reason that the study found for worse performance. So solo founders, by the way, also took 3.6% longer to reach scale, Compass found. There's an interesting set of numbers. Now, some of those aren't huge, right? 2% more growth, 3.6% less time to reach scale, and so on. It hardly seems like a big deal in the greater scheme of things, but in truth, the difference between success and failure can be found in tiny numbers. And the 30% more money these guys raised is a pretty good indicator that the VCs feel the same way about it. 
right? So just a little progress at those early stages can be indicators of tremendous progress in the future. Remember, everything is a percentage of whatever you just achieved at the beginning. Huge numbers of companies don't get off the ground at all or fail within those first few months because they didn't get that last little bit. All right, so let's get on with some tips. Well, instead of tips this time, because I think this whole... Uh, this whole episode is really about tips. I found an example of a success... Well, I, I assume he's going to be successful. It's a startup. Mm-hmm. But he went to Techstars Boulder Boot Camp mm-hmm. and came out with a list of what he thought were really important for a founder to do. Mm-hmm. And I found that so many of them resonate with what we were, have just been talking about. By the way, his name... Is, is Sam, Sam Levin. Levin. Right. Sam Levin. Okay, yes. yeah, from Mad Kudu. Exactly. Okay. So check that out, Sam Levin's Mad Kudu, and there is a Techstars article here, and we'll pop that into the Facebook page. You bet. Okay. And these are the 10 powerful habits that he surfaced when he came away from his boot camp. Okay. First was a perfect founder gives first. Mm-hmm. It's really true. What goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. He's that a perfect founder obsesses about moving one meaningful metric a week. Okay, so you have to be obsessive about something. It's, you know, work will see you through, and this is a pretty trying time. One meaningful metric a week would be pretty darn good if you can keep that pace, all yep. right? Yep. Meanwhile, you keep track, whatever you call them, KPIs, whatever your metric of okay. choice is, Daily, weekly, monthly, you keep track. Right. And it's a besides. Metrics driven companies succeed more quickly and at greater rates than any other kind of company. Absolutely. So those KPIs are important and you got to move one of them a week. (laughs) Okay. A perfect founder determines one big unknown that could hurt your business each week and creates a plan on how to address it. Right. So again, we see lots of founders who put their head in the sand around the competitive landscape. They attempt to pitch to angels or even you know, start with friends and family, then they pitch to angels and then to VCs, and they're still not good at understanding their competitive landscape. I would agree. If you can see how to work with, incorporate, purchase, or bury your competition, you'd better find them every week because that's, yeah, that's an ongoing process. Very good. All yep. right. Ongoing SWATs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. That's one of my favorites. Avoids of snowed blindness. And that's a term I came up mm-hmm. with. But what Sam described was being so excited about what you were doing. Yes. You know, in other words, right. snowing yourself. It is stay honest mm-hmm. about your real progress. Yes. So understanding the difference between real progress and activity is something that you and I work with on founders all, all the time. All the time. We have a founder who is always reporting, what did I do this week? What did I say? And who did I meet? And I thought, that's not real progress. Let's talk about KPIs, the metrics you have chosen to track and how did it affect the company. The activity is simply what you do to achieve them. Let's stay focused on the achievements. Okay. Next, we're up to six. Celebrates with the team and takes time to appreciate the journey. Regularly. Regularly, (laughs) yes. Yes, getting really good at being a manager. And again, leaders don't necessarily correlate with managers. So understanding that that's really part of it is a critical element to success. And I would say, yes, that cuts a lot of wheat from the chaff. 
you do need to take time to understand where you have been, where you are, and what is coming ahead to prepare your team appropriately. Don't forget to celebrate the good stuff. That's All right. right. Smell the roses. There you go. Okay. Seek feedback, mm -hmm. especially if it makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, it's that uncertainty thing again, that disagreement thing again, you know. Right. Conflict, criticism, all of those things. I do see even at very young stages. For example, my young nephew just came to Seattle and is attending a course here and then looking for his first position. And I described him to you saying, this guy is going places. This will be a leader of men, right? This guy is going to be the CEO of something. And I can see these kinds of elements in him, but in particular, very young, he seeks criticism. Can you tell me how to make this better? What have I not accomplished? What am I missing? He asks for it. And I think, oh my gosh, that's a huge boon in any attribute of a CEO, right? It can be an asset. You can acquire it. But this guy seems somehow to be born with it. He looks for it, and he takes proper, appropriate, positive action in response to it. Amazing stuff. So, yeah, look for that stuff. Yeah. Seek the feedback. And learn to process conflicting mm -hmm. criticism. This will make you stronger. That's right. Yeah. So if you're out there raising funds and somebody says no, don't say, oh, yeah, well, he's just a jerk. Go find out why she didn't invest. <laughs> find out what you would need to do so that you can uh, get the investment. When you figure out what's going on, if it has nothing to do with you, we just don't invest in this sector, don't sit around trying to convince somebody to invest in that sector. But when you get feedback that says, well, we don't see enough traction, we don't see enough call in the industry, that says to me, you didn't describe your market well enough, whatever it is, go figure that out. Ask. Otherwise, you just get away with a no. All right. Next. Number eight. Perfect Founder keeps track of key processes in a highly visible office location, such as a big whiteboard and a lot of sticky notes. And you know mm -hmm. how I feel about sticky notes. I, I live by them. <laughs> yes. Because a quick visual reference is invaluable. Even if you have a really, really good project management software, and we do recommend that for mm -hmm. uh, keeping teams moving, but someplace it's like a leaderboard, you know, That's or right. like the stock market mm -hmm. or tickers. So things. we did that at Moz. We had whiteboards that you could put stickers on. So we did that all over the place. That was great. But as soon as it was financially viable, we got monster screens, 50, 60, and then 70 inch screens, put them all over the office. By the time I left Moz in 2012, there were seven or eight of them all over the office in every department. And in that department, you would see the metrics of that department shown. And in the front office, all of them collated together. Every single day, by the minute, yep. you could see what was going on. How was our community doing? How many comments did we get? What got posted? What got this, that? You know, how many people downloaded the software? Who knows what? Whatever it was, you got it every single day. IT departments, same thing. Yep. Pretty amazing stuff. Yep. Makes a big difference. Okay, we're getting close to running out of time here. All right, so the what's last number nine? Two, number nine is rehearse relentlessly. Mm -hmm. Your pitches, your sales calls, your presentations, practice does make perfect. 10,000 hours, we're yeah. in. Yeah. What's number 10? Number 10 is really important. Spend, an ideal founder spends one hour a day on personal pursuits. Mm -hmm. That makes a whole, maketh a whole person. Yes, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I also see that really good founders who have significant others will literally schedule time with them in which they tell everybody else, I'm off the clock. That's yeah. tough. 
All right, so that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their ongoing support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm slash CEO hyphen coach. Again, cranberry.fm forward slash CEO dash coach. You can get them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit that like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.